0: Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Ja, Bravo, macht Tempo, wartet auf hart. Herr kommt und jetzt ist er das Kloß. Also, Arminia Bielefeld. Penny, 2-0. 2-0 für den FC St. Pauli.
1: Klanke. Tor, nächster Treffer. Es ist heuer, Fernandes mit vorne. Ja, klar ist er mit vorne. Kittel mit der Ecke, Feuerballer. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sveider Bundesliga podcast. We are only two match days away from the end of the season. The picture is slowly but surely becoming ever clearer. On today's edition, we will be discussing all the action from match day 32, which see Borkum tighten its stranglehold on promotion, Kiel continuing its Herculean performances, and Hamburg getting a much needed victory we'll also talk about what's happening down the bottom which saw Würzburg succumb to relegation Osnabrück getting a vital win and pretty much draws around and of course we're going to talk about the most extraordinary game of the match day that is coming up on this week's edition as always helping me digress pretty chaotic weekend that saw 46 goals despite spider Bundesliga record uh, Eva Lottebolla joins uh, to team up with me once again Eva Good morning. Um, How are you today?
0: I'm fine, thank you. Um, uh, I'm a year older now, and um, a lot happened since then, (laughs) in football matters especially. But um, I think we saw a very good weekend of football. I mean, you could, uh, especially in one or two games, you could uh, really feel this. It's it's the end of the season kind of games. (laughs) Mm. But, um, well, I mean, we had uh, the first... um, hot match day you could say on sunday which well was seen in some games in in others not but um well definitely it's still very very tight at the top uh at the bottom as well and i mean that's why we love the second bundesliga and um that's why we love to chat about it
1: absolutely and of course uh you know celebrating the unbeaten record of course eva on your birthday you've got what what is this thing that you have on when you celebrate your birthday? Is it like an undefeated record, like Bielefeld never lose or something? I can't
0: remember. <laughs> uh, something like that because I um, wondered about this. I think a couple of years ago, um, because obviously around the beginning of May, there we always come to to the last match days, and it's normally whether you play Zweite or Bundesliga or even uh, Dritte Liga. It's always on the same day. Then it's collective and i i remembered a couple of um games after where where i was kind of hungover over when to went to the island after a long night of celebrations and i kind of remembered that we never really lost so we had like i don't know one all draws against sundhouse and two no wins over on and something like that um so i actually looked up all the games That were on or after my birthday so I I couldn't really say like before at and after because that would like really really like making it a bit um yeah you can't really look through that anymore um and actually since 2006 uh we didn't lose on or after my birthday and that record is uh, still still going strong you could see and well i mean um i was lucky that i mean i didn't decide to to break the record on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: they'll need to keep it up of course um at the moment in the playoff spot but we'll start with the league leaders for bochum they hosted jan regensburg and Initially, Regensborg did get the jump, goal from Andreas Albers. He has 11 goals for the season. Um, but Borkham really turned up the wick immediately after concession. Uh, goals for Robert Tesher, Jan Niklas Best uh, getting an own goal, Gerrit Holtman, Robert Jules, and Silvary Gamvola with the last kick of the game. Resounding 5 1 victory. What it means, a win on the weekend will guarantee that VfL Balkan will be in the Bundesliga next season. And Eva, they continue to to grind at times they haven't played the best football. But what they did on the weekend, especially after going a, a goal down, will show why they've been at the top for such a significant period of time.
0: Yeah, and I do think it's no surprise that we have uh, Tasha Holtman and Jewel, especially as the players, well just uh three of the five goal scorers in that game um because uh Bochum really attacked mainly over the left side in this game where you find Soares, um Tesch's and Hauptmann. <laughs> and um well i mean especially Tesha, uh I really like how his last couple of games um really suited him i think it's his, uh, it was his fifth goal in, in the last four games if i'm correct and <laughs> it's always more or less from like a wide range. So he really found his ways in that matter. Um, I'm glad for him because uh, I know I, I I do feel, felt sorry for him the last couple of um, seasons didn't seem to play that huge of a role. Uh, but all in all, like really, really good performance by Boholm. I think uh, June did not really score his 13th goal, but also um, gave his... 13th assist, if I'm correct, in that way as well. So really key play here as well. He will be a huge have for Bochum in the next season. And um yeah, all in all, you could really say dominant display by by Bochum and um Ringswood didn't have much to offer. I mean they if they would have won this game, they um would have secured the yeah, the, they're staying in the league. Uh, I think they play Zandhausen next, if I'm correct. Um, so yeah, that's potential, especially for Zandhausen, a huge game. But yeah, um, really good result for Borum, especially if you look at how the how the other teams played. Um, yeah, huge.
1: Yeah, it was. And you look at Tesch's last month; he's been outstanding. Correct, five goals in four games, and. He's really turned it on. Um, eight goals this season as a as a defensive midfielder. That's a fantastic return and really, really strong performance again by Borkum. Regensborg really were outmatched and they did um, they did struggle once they went down to ten men. Benedict Sala getting a straight red card. Uh, Eva, I'll get you to jump in on this. And it, it seemed innocuous, but I guess when when the vision what the vision showed um it's hard to really defend the kind of the, the overall in action even if the intent wasn't as dangerous as it looked
0: yeah well i do uh, well i still think that if you see it in the immediate um scene you don't think it's that harsh if you see it like in really really slow motion um i would agree it's understandable uh just because the intention behind it kind of um yeah, wasn't wasn't really a clever move in in especially in that part of the of the pitch. Didn't really understand that. Uh, but yeah, um, red card in the end, I think would agree with you is deserved, yeah. or the correct decision in that way.
1: I thought Not it deserved. was. It was the, look. It was so lined, but once they, I guess when you show it, slow it down a little bit, you see the studs are into the back of the the kind of knee area. That's their telltale signs of a of of a, of a man who's was always going to see red. Um but yeah, Regensborg needs to be at Sandhausen. They've got a four-point buffer. They win, they are safe. If they lose, or well, depending on what happens with Braunschweig, the door is very much ajar um for that playoff spot. Uh, let's make a move to, to Greater Furt. Furt hosted Karlsruhe and they were made to work for the for the uh, the singular point to uh, draw in the end. Goals from Philip Hoffman, and Marco Tita for KSC, Harvard Nielsen, and Branamir Hugurta from the spot. Nielsen got his 10th of the campaign, Hugurta 14. And Eva, it was not an easy game. Karlsruhe came to play after that pretty disappointing result uh, against Dusseldorf. But it has to be said, there was one player for me who really brought it. When, it, when the chips were down, and that was Branhamir Hugurts, they certainly looked like he put Furt on his back to at least get a point.
0: Yeah, and I think that Furt was very unlucky not to get all three points here. I think, especially in the second half, they really worked for that win, but we're a bit unlucky. Um, I mean, Kaiser more or less scored two goals out of three shots on target, and basically the, the two goals in the first half were there two shots on target in the first half um so yeah i, I would say that phil was a bit unlucky in this game you could see that her seemed to be a bit frustrated at the end because you kind of had the feeling from time to time you really wanted t- that that third goal um but uh yeah i think um in the end it was deserved there wasn't a penalty um is it wasn't a handball for me? I mean, he literally can't put that hand anywhere else in that situation, and um, then we would have like tons, tons of handballs each match day. But yeah, um, also we will come to the second own goal in a while, but uh, I don't think we ever had that. That there were two own goals by goalkeepers on one match day, I mean, one is already. Always a bit rare. But two, well, Boijet did look a bit unlucky in that situation.
1: Yeah, and the amazing thing is I from what I saw from the notes they, they gave the goal to the Karlsruhe player anyway, which was a bit lucky. Um, but yeah, I I think they, the, the, the VAR, VAR was very good in, in, in taking that penalty away. It was, would have been extraordinarily harsh um, to give it uh, but yeah, I think I think Furt were the better side. They they certainly um, piled on the pressure for Kai but just couldn't couldn't find that extra goal that that they needed. What it means is so they currently sit third. They've got some important games. They've got two very very important games starting away at Paderborn, and then they end of the season hosting Dusseldorf. And Dusseldorf, you know, will want to play spoiler. Um, if they can uh Karlsruhe, you know it's been a it's been a rough 2021 for them with two games to go they'll be happy with a, a top 9 finish i think they've shown efficiency just what happens with philip hoffman i think there'll be some teams courting him if they can so now we move to the team that is second and they only became second because of a win um against hanover uh two nights ago uh, but we're going to talk about the game against St. Pauli, 4-0, the final score. And it was the same suspects, including um, Ahmet Aslan, who unfortunately tore his ACL in the Hanover game. But he did score in this one, his second of the campaign. And then it was the silver Messi, Finn Bartles, Yanni Serra getting on the score sheet. Um, Eva, I know we're, we're right in talking about how the the, the, the pile-up of games that they've gone through. And yet, for some reason, well, not some reason, they're just really, really good. They keep winning. It's amazing. And they were brilliant in this game against St. Pauli.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And um, before we start off to get more into the game, I really want to say that Kiel has two exceptional goalkeepers on goal. Mm. Um, I mean, Gilias, of course, but uh, Dina as well, I thought had... Um, is 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 a good replacement at the moment if you just I mean just don't include the the um, Dortmund game I mean that is just another league but I mean really to say they had six games in sixteen days um, they won four times one draw and one defeat which was um, in the Pokal against Dortmund so um, yeah I <laughs> I I don't wear hats but I really had to chip that out off my head. Um because um we were a bit afraid how this would turn out and if you compare it to Zandhausen but also to other teams um in, in the Bundesliga and um it's not that easy to do that. You, they don't have to squads that they can just exchange what what Hertha does at the moment for example and if you if you look at certain players like Bartelt, Serra um just if you if you look at your players in front um they it seems like they're playing every game and it seems like they're playing always like at least 70 to 75 minutes and that's really amazing and I mean um Especially in this game, I really like this uh, trio, Aslan, Bartet, Serra on top. They seem to always had a good eye for, for the other players or for their partners in crime, you could say. Um, yeah, and I mean, also, if we speak about, I mean, that Finn Barthedt's goal was, mm. was a beauty. Um, he, as he, as he's said, uh, he, he's kind of the silver Messi because that goal, oof. Uh, I mean, beauty. And also, I mean, they had a little help of by um, Stojanovic. He probably had his best game. Uh, but yeah, I I do think really, really good win for them. And then if you compare it to the Monday night game against Hanover, you could see in this game that they didn't have full power anymore um, and we were a bit lucky maybe in the end with a not given penalty. But uh, yeah. It, especially in this game, just really, really good performance.
1: Yeah, and they've got Regensburg tomorrow. This is of course being recorded on Wednesday, um, and then they play Karlsruhe, and then they get a week break uh, before they play Darmstadt. They win. They win on um, on Thursday. Uh, that takes them to 62 points. They become four points clear of of um, Furt, which means they can actually. Also secure Bundesliga status, assuming they win against Regensburg and then they beat Karlsruhe, they'll remain four points clear and and the Mats four doesn't go into one. So amazing, truly amazing that this would it would be one of these stories of the season. It's it's not it's already amazing that they've got to here, uh, but the fact that they just keep fighting and they just keep finding ways. Um, to get results, really, when you know the deck is stacked stacked against them, it's it's incredible. Uh, I guess I'll give a quick word on saying Pauli, It wasn't great. I mean, Stojanovic should probably keep out of the popcorn in the future because there was a lot of butter in those gloves, and he, um, yeah, he did not have his finest game. A couple of those goals coming straight from him, uh, you know, not being able to, to to hold onto the onto the onto the footy, and uh, yeah. Uh, not one that he'll look too fondly. It means for St. Pauli, as we know, we kind of already knew, but it guaranteed it for them. They will at least be in the top half of the standings come the end of the season. And we really wanted to talk about the contenders and are in the mix, but we'll talk about them uh, shortly. So it leaves Hamburg, who are currently fourth. New manager for the final three games, Horst Rubes, the club legend, um, in charge, and it was a rejuvenated performance. I think uh, James Reese mentioned that uh, he got Hamburg playing like it was September and not May, a truly dominant display, 5-2 the final score, and it was really a good mix of performances from debutant Robert Meissner, Bakri Yatta, two goals, four, Simon Torrota, Torrota who now has 23, Sonny Kittel as well, Nürnberg really didn't bring um, bring much to the table. Eric Surenov, who benefited from an Ulrich spillage, and then Linus Um he scored his first goal for Nürnberg, and that was the forty sixth goal of Matchday thirty two. Eva, they are hanging around Hamburg. We 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 were very 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 close to writing them off. Still three points behind Greuther Furt. With two games to go, it is still they are still a chance. They are the most outside chance left, really. Um, but that was a very, very good performance against Nürnberg.
0: Yeah, well, I fully agree with you. I mean, um, they they were under pressure because they needed to win this uh, with the results of the oh, week, right. and um, because otherwise they would have lost the the possibility to get promoted uh directly and I thought it was a it was a good game to watch um especially after the 1-0 because after that um Hammock really um yeah found back to their uh playing good football ways um even after Nuremberg got one back um you, you kind of had the feeling this was really the breaking point either they would um yeah really screw this up at this point as you could see from from time to time in the season or they would uh, continue and they I, yeah they, they did the uh, the latter and very well so um, I really want to point uh, out Meissner, Jata and Kittle in this game I think they were really really good um, Meissner with his first um, g- game from the beginning on for for Hamburg and Yatta um, I mean, Uh, you really have to say that guy is always under so much pressure because, once again, that stupid newspaper in Germany with the four letters is really, yeah, just... It's it's just bold racism. I mean, you have to say it that way. And um, there's always a lot of pressure on him before those games because it seems like always... That they they kind of published this uh, like a day before before Hamburg plays and um, yeah I, I do felt very happy for him that he scored this goal on the weekend uh, on Monday I'm sorry um, and yeah Kidder with a with a goal as as well he really yeah kind of uh, gave himself um, an award or reward for for a very good performance in this game so yeah I um. I did think that there was a really good Hamburg uh, display in that game. You could see that uh Huber's really yeah, really got the got the band together again. Um I have to say I was a bit skeptical, but as you could see in this game, really good. And also if you understand a bit of German, um the elf Freunde put together yeah, kinda I don't know, uh, some kind of um Mix up of all the things he said on the on the sidelines on Monday. It's it's kind of funny. Um, it's it's really sweet as well. But yeah, um, good performance by Hamburg. But um, hopefully for them, they keep on. Yeah, really copying this kind of display.
1: And the thing for them is, out of the teams that are fighting for this top four, they have the easiest schedule remaining. Osnabrück and then Braunschweig I don't mean that in a disrespectful way but if you look at the table positions 17th and 16th on the table however both teams have in Osnabrück and Braunschweig have heaps to play for so that in itself means that Hamburg will need to be obviously on it like otherwise you know Cactus they know if they don't win uh, in Osnabrück a team that hasn't won it at home this season um that's it they will you know if you get a point that's it it's, it's game over so massive for them Nürnberg disappointing how they they performed they defensively were shocking <laughs> they were really really poor and a few of the goals they gave up <sighs> that's that's the um that's a don't come monday uh, and well, or Tuesday in that in that regards, because that uh, there are a few defenders, defensive players that you know you, you wouldn't look at fondly. Um, so yeah, they, they they let themselves down, and 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 Hamburg very much took advantage. We'll take our first break, and on the other side, we will discuss Dusseldorf and the teams that are fighting to avoid the drop. With the results that happened on uh, Matchday 32, it was evident that Dusseldorf needed to win to keep themselves very much uh, in the hunt for the promotion or at least the playoff spot. Unfortunately for them, they weren't able to do it. A two-all draw against Eintracht Braunschweig, a side that is trying to avoid not only direct relegation, but the playoffs. Goals came in the form of David Kovnavsky and Shinta Appelkamp for Dusseldorf, uh, Marcel Beer and Fabio Kaufmann. Uh, who scored a wonderful goal in this game, but we're going to discuss the biggest talking point of this game, which involves Kaufman, who was struck uh, with with the football from close range to the head. He goes down pretty quickly, um, and then there was an incident where Dusseldorf continued to play, um, and they continued to try and score, and then the ball eventually went out into touch, and uh, Eva and I did discuss how we were going to tackle this uh, before coming on, um, and this is the, this is the main talking point of this game because it is pretty clear that something needs to change with the way it is. Um, Eva, I'll get your viewpoint on this first, and then I'll, I'll come in with how I how I feel about the situation. It's not a good look because conti- we're seeing players dealing with concussion and it seems that, you know, this was a situation where you would suggest the referee and maybe the Düsseldorf players didn't really have a feel of the situation.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I saw that, uh, especially in in the um, highlights again, and well, we have more or less two or three parties involved in that situation. Normally, you would say um, one of the players of either team should Play, like just just stop the game, but because the uh Brandt didn't really have the opportunity in this situation, um that responsibility kinda tends to go to Dizardov. I do understand that in the first scene they don't stop it. Um because maybe like they 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 didn't see that Kaufman went down. But I mean after that they tried two or three times to like literally they go around him. Um and I do think especially because they he must have seen it's not some kind of situation after after any kind of um set piece where this where this can happen. Uh, this can happen, sorry. And uh, you don't really know what happened as, as an opponent player, but also as the own player that plays in the same team as the one on the ground. Um but well after that it's an injury to the heart. It was quite clear that it was an injury to the heart because the ball hits him in um, And then, of course, the biggest responsibility in that situation is with this, with the referee, which was uh, Tobias Ghaichel in this case, if uh, I remember correctly. Um, and I was really, really shocked by him because that whole topic injuries to the head, concussions is a really sensitive one and especially he he has a free view to the scene <laughs> and he doesn't stop for like another forty five to sixty seconds um which especially with injuries to the head can be very crucial. Um so yeah, um wasn't really happy with that. I did not fully understand it how yeah, literally pissed contract players were and officials were um, because all in all concussions to they had is something that is not being handled very well in German football, especially. I mean, we spoke about this off. Um, um, yeah, before we started to record this episode, um, the first thing that springs to mind to, I think every, especially resident in Germany, there's that um, injury by Christoph Kramer in the World Cup final in 2014. And then that whole story that is spun around it is always with a like funny tone. Like, oh my God, he didn't remember that it was the final. This is not funny. This is very, very serious. And we also saw this on the weekend, for example, in the game between uh, Hertha and Bielefeld, where um, Maximilian Mittelstädt and... Anderson LeCocchi got into a hat duo and he saw a hat tackle and um, Andy LeCocchi had a swollen eye and with Mittelstand he needed help getting rid of his shirt that was full of blood and even after that he like you could see he was a bit afraid in getting to into any kind of other tackles Uh, because that's the thing um, that is statistically proven or in studies it's proven in studies is if you don't really do something with with players that were in in any kind involved in a head injury this automatically increases the damage that can be done by a second injury in a short period of time and because we don't have enough studies for this especially for football because uh i mean soccer, football, whatever, is the biggest sport in Germany. And if you compare it to to the US, where NFL obviously is one of the biggest sports, and there you have, it's more of a, of a topic there. So you have a concussion protocol. I mean, we spoke about this plenty of times in this podcast. And I, once again, I do think it's time that we have an independent kind of um, doctor or some sort of medical team that decides whether that player can play on or not, because it's really, really dangerous. And that starts with the referee on the pitch, kind of because he has the responsibility in this situation saying, well, I have to stop that game. I mean, I, I, I'm, it's really, really close to goal. and But after Düsseldorf didn't really use that first chance, I would have said as a referee, okay, might be, I might get some anger from the Düsseldorf but this is because of a player's health, so I have to stop this.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'm not entirely annoyed at what Düsseldorf, the Düsseldorf players did, because they do this... Sports athletes are all competitors. They're there to win. And once they cross the white line, they typically get the thing they call white line fever, and they just continue and they're not you know that kind of empathy just at times goes out the window but I think the referee really missed the trick here where he actually he walks around him as he's still on the ground and doesn't call a halt to play it would have been the right situation even if it's a you make it a drop ball and Brownsfire kick the ball back to Dusseldorf at least at that stage Kaufman can get the attention he needs and then it comes to the next section of the problem, which is because it was a it was a head a hit to the head, and there isn't a protocol in place. What you have here is a really murky situation. Now Kaufman came back on and he scored the, the what was the equalising goal at the time, but was it right for him to come on in the first place? I don't know because there isn't a procedure in place. Or there aren't, you know, the the club doctors at each football club aren't looking at it. You look at the Middlestadt situation. You look at, um, you look at this situation. I know that are they're two different situations, but there needs to be something in place to to really protect um, player safety when it comes to head injuries, because uh, because concussion doesn't always happen straight away. It can develop over a period of time. Um, and you'd rather see club doctors be a lot more cautious with this situation um, rather than, oh, well, he's all right. And then the the kind of media news cycle is he was heroic. They were brave. You know, it, it took guts for them to keep playing. But in reality, it's, it's really dangerous. It's not in their best interests, and potentially could have repercussions down the line. That's the real situation. And, you know, here in Australia, you've got the AFL, and the AFL have monitors on the ground, on the benches. If a player is concussed or gets a, a knock to the head, they immediately come off the ground. They have twenty minutes. They have to pass a test. If they don't, they're ruled out of the game, and they can't play. They're not. They're ineligible to play for twelve days. That's the current procedure in 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 footy. I know it's a completely different code, but. That's been developed over a period of time, and that's that's clearly improving. Um, at the very least, it shows that there is an emphasis on concussions are really serious. There are a lot of head knocks in our game, and we need to do the best we can to ensure player safety. That's something that needs to be thought about because the last thing you want is someone whose you know way of life post post football is severely hampered because of. Constant knocks to the head. So, you know, there needs to be that long-term thinking. Uh, In terms of the game itself, you know, Dusseldorf had their chances to win the game. Uh, Very much like the game against, um, you know, Karlsruhe, where they were able to get away with it. Uh, This one, yeah, they they missed opportunity. Braunschweig, under pressure now. Uh, They are under pressure because of Osnabrück. And they got a vital, vital win against Würzburg kickers and as I said off the top of the show Würzburg are now relegated we've known for some time that it was looking likely for them that they were going to go down now it's official Osnabrück now um, they are very much in the hunt only a point behind Braunschweig and Zanhausen they could still survive they do have Hamburg of course in their next game uh, goals for Christian Santos Uh Ulrich Taffetzhofer and Ludovic Rice, his first of the campaign. Frank Ronstadt scored an excellent free kick, but his goal was all in vain as Würzburg go down. And Eva, a massive win for Osnabrück. You know, it's been a, it's been a rough old 2021 for them. But, hope springs eternal. A win at a crucial time. They could still make this happen.
0: Yeah, it's a bit symbolic that they uh, got those... Uh, get those three points away from home uh, because I mean we spoke about their really horrible home record plenty of times Um, uh, they they, in general the game was a better one in the second half the first half not much happened both teams tried um, but didn't really have much to offer Um, yeah in the end I thing that was a deserved win for Osnabrück but because they just offered more in this game over especially in the second 45 minutes and from Würzburg um yeah they they seemed to be broken after after that tougher Tofa goal which was kind of a yeah slapstick kind of way um but yeah in, in general the huge huge for Osnabrück for those uh, last two games and well of course it means Sanford's is now officially relegated which um to be honest uh I mean relegation always sucks but um isn't does not come as a huge surprise to me
1: No, it, it doesn't uh, I think most of us had penned them in for relegation at the start of the season and yeah, they, they just really, really struggled to, to, to get it going from the start and the constant coaching changes and it's been a very unsettling season for Würzburg and it's probably no surprise that they're going to go, de- they are going down. Um, for Osnabrück, there is a chance. Absolutely. Um, but they need to overcome their 13-game losing streak at home. They've won- so they won two of their first three. Since then, it has been absolute bagel. Um, they've really struggled at home. Can they usurp Sandhausen for example who uh, were at Heidenheim on the weekend and at halftime they took a one goal cushion. Daniel K. Turrell continuing his excellent goal scoring form. Um, he has five in his last five. 12 goals for the season but they couldn't stop Heidenheim goals from Patrick Meinke. Tim Kleindienst who now has 11 of the campaign meaning that. Sandhausen have to make it happen against Jan Regensburg to at least get a bit of pressure off them either they weren't terrible in this game Sandhausen by any stretch of the imagination in fact the goal that they did score was a little bit of a Kevin Muller gift however it hurts them not only because they weren't able to win the game game that they could have won but um Dennis Dieckmeier, as well, leaving the game and will miss the final two games of the season. What a massive blow that is.
0: Yeah, well, I do have to say that I was a bit disappointed by Zenthausen after um, them scoring the lead with a gift they got from Miller. Um, I did think that they offered to less in the second half. And, um, well, I mean, there are not a lot of teams in the Bundesliga where you really allowed to do that but especially with heidenheim um at least with uh, Kleindienst you have someone who can always find the back of the net and that automatically means they can always at least go one goal um most of the time so yeah i mean they they look quite solid in the first 45 minutes but i think especially in the second half well I mean, they only had one shot on target in 90 minutes from 13 attempts, well, shots on goal. So that does say a bit about this. And I mean, that one shot on target was the keter goal, probably. Um, Don't know if it was really counted as a a shot on target in that matter. Um, Well, and on the other side, Heidenheim... I would really love to see Klein staying at Heidenheim because I mean he has he has scored eleven goals in thirty games. Um you can really see he loves to play at Heidenheim. I don't know how it can be managed financially, but I do think that it would be manageable at some in, in, in some point at some point. Um and yeah, as you mentioned, um, Diegmeier out because he has, um, I don't know if I pronounce this correctly now, Moses ligament tear, if that's correct. Uh, so, yeah, that at least means the end of the season. Don't know how long it would take um, for him to recover. But, yeah, of course, that's a huge loss for Zandhausen. Um Yeah, and they have to win that Ringsburg game because I do think Bochum will be more or less... I mean, mm. only if Bochum will get promoted on the weekend and it doesn't really matter what they do in the last match date, then maybe. But um, Bochum will be a very hard one to win for them. So, yeah, also, they really desperately need those uh, those three points against uh, Ringsburg.
1: 100%. Yeah, the old is, uh is real nasty little injury um yeah Heidenheim very much doing what they did a few seasons ago they are very much building to potentially be a threat next season the kindate stuff from what i've heard and read uh Heidenheim are in talks to bring him back on a, on a full-time basis makes sense for the player because the move to Belgium didn't work it works for Heidenheim because He's brilliant in their system. He's able to be in the right place at the right time. He's a, he's a massive goal scoring threat. And just imagine how many goals he would have had he played a full season for FC Hart. I, you know, at least 20. And he would be in the, in the race with, with Dusun and, and Tirota for the leading goal scorer. Let's take our final break. We've got two games to review. We're going to talk about Hanover and Darmstadt. And of course, we're going to start with that crazy 11 goal game in an hour. The game that caused the biggest headline um, from match day 32 was Ertzka Hour, and Paderborn. If you told Dmitry Nazarov that he was going to score a hat-trick uh, on, on Sunday, he would have taken it. But the caveat was they conceded eight, eight goals at home and they would lose fo- uh, lose by five goals. That was one of the more stranger situations I think I've seen in a long, long time. Paderborn. Unbelievable. They were 2-0 down after 4 minutes. And then they piled it on, scoring 8 of the next 9. And truly unbelievable. Braces for Dennis Sabeni, Sven Mikkel, uh, Chris Furick from the spot, Christopher Atwiadjai and Chadrak Okolo. And of course, as mentioned earlier on, Martin Manel was unfortunate to concede an own goal. And even there's not a lot you can really say about this game, but... Oh, Not one for the defensive minded coaches and Dirk Schuster is one who is defensively inclined that was just terrible and and it showed when really the last few goals were pretty much walk-ins it has to be said
0: yeah well it's probably if you want to tell a person that has nothing really to do with German football or football in general and you want to say well at the end of this season there are always a couple of teams for I mean there's not a lot of go- going on for them anymore nor neither promotion nor relegation. Um those games can be very weird. Just show them this game. I'm first of all, I'm amazed how to zone managed to put eleven goals in into four minutes. Gotta say. Heads up for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I sat outside on Sunday because it was so warm and, um, watched the Köln Freiburg at the same time and always looked inside to my, uh, to the TV and I was like, you, you gotta be kidding me. Like, have I said, or did I sit too, too long in the sun? <laughs> Is it that? <laughs> Can't be. 3-8, um, but yeah um, as you've mentioned it was really weird defending and I love that we had that same thought about the Nazarov-Hedrick, I mean really, imagine scoring a Hedrick but still like those are the only that, that would be fine if those were the only goals you score in a game or your team scores but if, you, if your opponents score nearly the like three times the amount of that that does Suck a bit for for Nazarov, I have to say, but um, yeah, I uh, I do think that Chris Furych penalty was very weird. Not not the that led to a penalty, but um, how he took on that penalty. That that could have gone horrible wrong, but well, we don't really care at that stage. So yeah, good result for Paderborn. of course, um, we now know that Baumgart will go to FC Köln. For the new season. Interesting to see how this one. Will last. Because I'm not quite sure. We will see a. a Patabone 2.0. With uh, with Kern. What's your opinion of that Matt? Um,
1: it depends where they play. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows where they're going to be playing. You know. I think. They're going down. Um, on the, the current you know, trajectory. Um, so, yeah, I think Baumgart would acknowledge that when he signed on the dotted line, that he knew that it would either be in the Bundesliga or of Bundesliga. And, of course, Kern last escapade, uh, a coach who signed before the end of the season, didn't actually see out the season. That was Marcus Anfeng. Um So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kern. I don't think... Um, I think they're getting a good manager. They'll get passionate football. They're good. They he'll turn them into a good counter-attacking side. They've got some good players, but yeah, I think the real question for me will be who will be Paderborn's manager, and I like the concept of Tim Volta for that team. You know, it'll be a familiar face for 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 you know the board. They've worked with Volta before, and I think he would be a really really good get for them. Um, and he's been out of the game for a little bit. I know Stuttgart didn't wasn't particularly ideal, but I think he would be a good fit for them. Um, in terms of this game, Paderborn, you know, very very um, good. Not going to change much in the terms of the table. Um, but alas, I think you know they're eighth, one three of their last five with two games to go it hasn't been a bad season at least it hasn't been as topsy-turvy as the previous Um, but they can build, it just depends on who will be there come the end of the season. Um, And that brings us to our last game which is Hanover and Darmstadt. Hanover continued the free fall it has been a continuous free fall for them. Uh, They were you know too, well they just, just keep losing games and um, that's three of the last four now. They did open the scoring through Marvin Dux but then Marvin Mellon, Matthias Honsack uh, getting on the score sheet. Not the greatest game to watch, it has to be said, but um, a lot has happened off the pitch, it's fair to say. In that time, uh, Hanover announcing Jan Zimmerman will be the new coach on a two-year deal. He joins from regional Liga side, Teasval. Havelsy. I hope I've said that right. Uh, Eva, did I say that right?
0: Yeah, it's correct. <laughs> Havitza. Score one for me.
1: Um and they also signed uh Jan Regensborg's Sebastian stolter He's a very, very good player, and he get an opportunity to prove himself at a at a bigger club. Um But Eva, we should talk Darmstadt. Darmstadt are doing what I think a few teams have done in the previous which is they're building a very, very good resume towards the end of the Rook Runder, and that's something they can build on and carry over, I think, of Bielefeld in the recent memory, uh, building for, for the next season, and, and their form, four of their last five have been wins, uh, very much dictating that could be a possibility.
0: Yeah, well, fully fairly agree. Um, I don't know if we just speak about things happening on, off the pitch, whatever. Um Marvin Melem seemed like this this goal was to show something. I don't know why. Um don't know exactly what's going on with him there, but well I mean good for him. <laughs> um but it will be interesting which player they will get for the new season, especially if uh Duzun will leave. Um so that's a big question mark there uh but yeah Hanover didn't offer much in this game similar to the to the key game kind of in in most parts so yeah uh you can't say that coach Kog- is bringing that season to an end with a lot of grace um well we're, we're not really um surprised by that we have to, I, or at least I am not I have to say yeah, good result for Darmstadt for Hanover. I think it's time that this season comes to an end.
1: Yeah, they've. Um, it's fair to say that um, physically they are still playing the game, but uh, mentally they are very much are on the beaches. And the Caesar is well and truly over for Hanover. They're obviously going to survive, but it's been such a cataclysmic failure for them. And really, I think. At the end of the season, they're going to have to draw a line in the sand. We'll see what Jan Zimmerman does. It it was a really out-of-the-blue appointment, but it did seem as if there were suitors. sounded like he was going to be coaching Hamburg's U19s uh, next season. Paderborn were interested as well. He signs the dotted line at Hanover, and it will be... Well, the spotlight is a lot bigger now um, than it was previously, and he doesn't have anywhere to hide, especially with a polarizing figure like Martin Kind. He will get the support, of course. He's going to have Sebastian Ernst uh, and Stolzer, and you know, It'll be interesting to see who else they bring. Uh, what's their goalkeeper situation going to look like? I mean, Hansen's played, I think, the last couple of games and he's looked pretty sharp. Um, anything would be... I think essa has been in horrible form. You don't really want Zila back. So there are a lot of question marks with what's going to happen with Hanover. Oh, on the pitch, who's going to still be there? We suspect Haraguchi will probably go... Um, what do they do with Marvin Dukes? You know, I guess the good thing for for someone like Henrik Weidant is that Zimmerman coached him before he he made the move to Hanover. So there's a familiarity that one of your highest-paid players um, has a coach that will give him uh, plenty of opportunities to find the back of the net. But so much, so much to still talk about. There's so much unresolved, and that's exciting. With two match days to go, of course, Kill yet to play that catch-up fixture but they will do in due course with two games really with two games to go it is all to play for who will go up who will go down we will find out very shortly thank you so much for being a part of this episode of the podcast and if you listen to the end we thank you so much we appreciate you taking your time to listen to us have a safe weekend we can't wait to bring all the action from Matchday 33 and we'll see you next time